Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We have uh, an awesome, awesome show for you all today. At least I plan to. And I got some wicked guests going on here. Glenn, Satch, thanks for joining us, boys. Pleasure, man. This is awesome. So we're going we're gonna to dive right in like we always do. I, I don't uh, got no time for nothing. So boom. This is what we're going to be talking about today. Prioritization, prioritizing, how to prioritize, what to prioritize, what are you guys? So the the question I want to start with right off the bat, I'm actually going to throw Glenn into the hot seat because he's the first time he's on here. What is your, what are you prioritizing right now? What's the highest priority in your life at the moment? Good question. Um, I think right now for me uh, with a new job, starting off with, uh, something I've never been around before is prioritizing being humble and uh, just listening. And I don't know where I've heard this before, but I've heard it on the podcast. Um, don't be an asshole. I don't know. Have you guys ever heard that before? I don't think so. Explain it. So an asshole from what I remember from this podcast, I, listened, I heard a while ago is that, when you're kind of new in an environment and you ask for advice for something mm. and then you don't action it. So you're just oh, an yeah. asshole. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that. So uh, kind of that. And also, you know, my, my relationship and, and my sleep, those mm. are kind of the, if I can call them three sounding, sounding like five, but I would say those three things is probably what I'm prioritizing the most right now. Um, those are, those are- those are good things to prioritize. Yeah. So, so if you can just uh, take a moment and break that down, how would you categorize those? How would you label them? I mean, not don't label it as sleep. Label it as something else. Like, well, I'm going to give you the cheat code right now. I'm going to say, you know, sleep. You can think of as like a physiological improvement, mm. or you could categorize it as an intellectual improvement or a mental attitude and whatever so how would you categorize those three things you know what for sleep right now it's me being in a in starting a new career where there i'm just learning by fire hose i would say sleep for me is kind of everything every everything that sean just mentioned because you know i every situation at work is super different all the time no situation is the same And after the debrief, you're trying to go back to that situation and get the main learning points that that's kind of digestible and actionable that I could change for the next one or change for the next week when I get back to work. Uh, So I would say sleep would be uh, physiological for me and also probably a skill development tool at the same time. And... uh, yeah, I'd probably keep it keep it simple for me there, I think. Well, you know, the reason I asked that is because uh, we got back from Spokane uh, late yesterday evening and uh, got home and, and Evan was telling me how uh, while we were gone, he was wiped out because of uh, so much. He had to do so much learning in uh, he's in second semester of engineering, first year engineering right now. A lot of hard math. And uh, he's working hard, and and his uh, CPU was frazzled from uh, all the all of the thinking, and so you know, like you burn calories, man. Yeah. You burn a lot of calories thinking. It's fatiguing if you're not eating right, if you're not hydrating right, if you're not 
sleeping right. You've got to offset all of the learning that you're getting. Now, here's the interesting thing to me, buddy, is, um, you know, maybe some of your, some of your, uh, not classmates, but some of your workmates uh, aren't feeling the same way. <clears throat> maybe they're feeling kind of chipper at work because yeah. <laughs> maybe they're not doing the hard homework. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they're not taking the lessons home and writing them down and deeply thinking about them and trying to incorporate those lessons into their actual lifestyle where they then can own them. They're leaving work at work. And when they get home, they're not as fatigued as you are because you're totally owning it. Does that make sense? hundred percent. hundred percent. That's a good point. I think, um, I always forget how much, you know, physical toll <clears throat> thinking really takes on you. And when you're, when you're really working at something, when you're constantly, when you're processing things that are challenging, how much that can actually tax your body. It's, it's, it's a tough, uh, hard thing to remember. I forget all the time where I'm just like, man, I'm really tired today. My wife will be like, didn't you go see your therapist? And didn't you work with something with Sean? Did you talk like... to Sean for an hour? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm wiped out. He made me think again. Oh, man. Yesterday's was, uh, that was, that was yeah. a, that was a brain burner. It was good. Oh though. yeah, buddy. Yeah, it was good That's though. Good. Uh, Satch, what about you? Uh, what's your number one priority in life at the moment? Mm, I have a bunch of priorities um, within priorities, I guess you can look at it that way. Um, okay, obviously, priority number one is uh, how do I get myself to execute against 108 kilometers a day for 66 days in 2025? That's priority number one. And then um, and all the things that are associated with that leading up to that. So reverse engineer that, I guess, and lay the priorities from there. Mm-hmm. And then uh yeah, raising money and awareness, I guess Friday number two. And actually Friday number two would be oh man, it's bad. Uh <laughs> uh my daughter's probably up there too, but it's like a close like priorities are up there on how uh how I have them. I hope that makes sense. I'm yeah. I haven't had my coffee yet, so no, it's all good. <laughs> how about, uh Sean, what about you? What are your priorities right now? Um, What's your biggest priority right now? The, the same priority that it's always been since the day I started thinking about prioritization, which is what the army taught me. And it's this, be the best version of myself, period. Yeah. And so now someone out there is going to think, yeah, but what about your family, Sean? I'm not saying that they're second position because they're first position, but that's stacking it in order of what I think is important. But I have to prioritize on me as number one in order to deal with those important things that I consider as important. I don't consider myself to be particularly important. I'd, I'd, I'd barely be on the list of important things. But I need to prioritize myself to be the best version of myself so that I can be the best dad, the best husband, the best, this, the best, best for my family. And then by the way, be the best for the freaking interwebs. Mm -hmm. So all the people that I know that, you know, kind of track whatever I do or the people that I communicate on the daily and people who, you know, shoot me questions or whatever, like I got to be best for them. And so, um, I can't be best for anyone else if I'm not the best me. So I prioritize myself, 
not in front of everyone else, just to be a good version of me so that I can do it for everyone else. I hope that makes sense. That makes sense. Can I jump in? Yeah, by all means. So um, I like that answer. And um, if I if I was articulate enough to come up with that one, I would have. <laughs> but it, it <laughs> yeah, I think a, you would have. Yeah, for sure. But I think it makes I think it makes a lot of sense because essentially, like that's kind of what I'm. I try to do too, is just be a, the best version of myself. I try not to prioritize things because people ask me all the time, like, "Oh, what's your number one priority? What's this? What's that?" And I try to find the right answer. But I think uh, Sean gave the best answer, and it helps me uh, frame things better when I speak to people. That um, if I'm the best version of myself and I move in that direction, all the other things that I'm trying to do will actually happen. So kind of prioritize myself first, do the best I can in the moment, be the best version of myself and maximize all my skill sets so that I can present those. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's really ideally what you want to do is your priorities are going to shift based on what yours you're working on in that moment. Right? If my family, yeah. if my family need me, they're going to be my priority in that moment. And if they're off doing something else and I'm downstairs in my basement working on the computer, well, my family is not my number one priority in that moment. So you, they're going to shift and slide, uh, at least in my, uh, my daily life. Uh, Winterstorm comes up with another question. Can you have several priority ones <clears throat> in different categories? What do you guys think? I do. Yes. For yeah. sure I do. Yeah. yeah. I, I, every silo in my life, I think of them as silos. Mm -hmm. there, there's priorities. There's, there's a number one in each silo. And that shifts strategically and tactically constantly. Well, not strategically, it's not shifting constantly, but tactically it's shifting all the time because I'm constantly optimizing my silos. And so mm -hmm. there's always a number one in each silo, but it's relative to who I am in the present and what I'm trying to accomplish as an outcome in the future. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't want to get too deep on this, but each silo isn't observed independently all the time it's mm -hmm. it's observed independently to understand the prioritization and once i understand that then i <laughs> i try to silo stack or co-join silos so that i can optimize the prioritization within multi-silos in order to run kind of a more strategic game rather than just simple tactics within each silo i hope that makes sense skill stacking yeah you know silo stacking you know what reminds me of, actually uh you guys ever see this uh it's an old old style game for kids but it's the through the four towers and you have certain sized discs on each one of them and you can only transfer one yeah. disc per per pole you guys know what i'm talking about i think i've no. seen that i've no? seen, okay. seen that I'll, I'll find a picture for you, Sean, and I'll, I'll, so you have an idea of what I'm talking about. But... Oh, I'm sure you've got pictures. <laughs> um, hey, during my three reconnaissance patrols, <laughs> I took lots of pictures. <laughs> and, and your seven years in the video my store. Seven years in my video. Yeah, anyway. The, uh, th three, three more tours than I have. There you go. <laughs> so the, uh, the whole point of this game is to be able to create um, – basically linear priority so you have a, a large disc on the bottom you have a medium disc and you have a small disc on on top and those things are set randomly on these four posts and you can only move one at a time and eventually the idea is to get to a point where you can have uh three full pyramids of rings and one empty stack 
Oh, right. That makes sense. Yeah. And you can only you can only put small ones on top of big ones. You can't put big ones on top of small ones. So that, it, and what it reminds me when you were talking about um, silo stacking was was that is that you have your priorities are going to be shifting around as to what it is you need to prioritize in that moment to do whatever it is you're doing. That doesn't mean they're they uh, become less important or you need to work on them less. It just means that right now they're not going to work in this particular scenario. That makes sense. I'm going to get a picture. While I, uh, picture would be worth topic. a thousand words. It really would. I got to, uh, I got to get my, my echo Charles on. Does anybody want to <laughs> take any other thoughts on, uh, on prioritization? Uh, I, put that up? Yeah. I have a question for Sean actually. Um, so, you know, that, that silo management you were talking about, what do you think is the key for, for you to be able to, to do that regularly for a longer period of time? Old age and lots of practice. Mm -hmm. As I turn I can, 60 this year, I'm just going to say that I couldn't, I couldn't do this when I was younger because A, <clears throat> no one was talking about it. And B, I just didn't have the wisdom to be able to see the game in a in a fuller way and and i just think it takes years man of looking backwards and contemplating deeper to be able to understand the broader game all around us and you know we get so busy or i used to be so busy like you're a busy buddy i mean you know you're off to that new career and doing that thing and like it's a busy freaking career it's a steep learning curve and so you know like i couldn't have I couldn't have done what I do now when I was back doing things like you're stepping into now. And so, you know, you, you're going to be busy on the, in the real time, just absorbing all of the white noise that's going to be hitting you. And, and I would say this to you that um, it'll take some time for you to be able to look backwards and silo wise in a, from a satellite view perspective and really kind of get things sorted out. But for now, I'd, I'd encourage you to do this. Instead of doing silo rearrangement, apply a, a white noise filter so that you can begin stripping out the unessential information for you at this moment so that you can get a clearer picture of what is important to you. And once you have a much clearer white noise stripped out sort of uh, model in front of you, now you can begin siloizing that. But it, I, I think it would be a mistake to begin <clears throat> strategically and tactically siloizing your priorities based on all of the white noise that you're absorbing right now. Does that make sense? 100%. Can I, okay. can I jump in real quick? By all means. Yeah, just to um, add to a little bit of what Sean's saying, look, I'm, I'm nowhere near in terms of silo stacking like Sean is, but I can kind of understand what he's talking about now because I'm, uh, I'm trying to develop other areas of my life that aren't doing as well or not where I would like them to be compared to some other things in my life. So um, how I kind of been doing things is just, um, so for example, I'm not good at relationships, never have been, right? So, um, but it's not a, the number one priority every single time because I'm doing many other things. But having said that, I always chase the adversity in the sense that if something's difficult, I want to understand why it's difficult for me. Why is a relationship difficult? Why is interacting with certain types of people difficult? And if I am able to understand those things, then I can move in a direction over time to improve it, but put it into that silo of relationships 
And then I can focus over on this silo for a bit and then come back this way and then start engaging, but only identifying that that's an issue because it's hard for me to be in a relationship, but identify it and then chase it, if that makes sense. Sure. And you know, what you've just uh, described is what not enough people do. And that is to, I'm calling it silo wise, but if you categorize a topic such as relationships, and then you subcategorize that into girlfriend relationships, let's call it. Sure. Until you create a body of work that is called girlfriends, you, you can't trend. You can't, you can't form a baseline of who you are in these relationships. If mm. they're just random moments throughout your life that you think, oh, yeah, I had a girlfriend back in uh, 1984 or whatever. There's, there's, you can't connect the dots over a long history called a trend and understand commonalities within that trend, enable, enabling you to adjust off your baseline trend to do it better. And so if anyone is, you know, if we're just talking about relationships and everyone's looking backwards through the rearview mirror of time and saying to themselves, yeah, I've had about 10 girlfriends and they all went sideways because, yeah, I don't know why. I think it's them, not me. Until you stack all of them together in a silo called relationships and then analyze the trend, create the commonality, and then adjust off that to create a better version of you in relationships and now you're just guessing instead of mm -hmm. trending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in the trending phase right now. <laughs> a lot yeah, of testing, okay. a lot good. of lot of chasing. But I think it's I think it's a good a, at least for me, it's been a helpful way of identifying things to address. So it's it, it becomes a more formalized way for me or a more structured way. And it, it seems to be a, um, the guesswork is somehow removed a little bit because it's almost like an experimentation that you're working with and you kind of go using that sort of framework to um, improve upon it. Anyway. Yeah, it's a good point. I, uh, I found what I was looking for. So I'm going to put this up here real quick so you guys can all see what I'm talking about because otherwise uh, everyone will think I'm crazy. So boom, here we go. It is processing. Give me two seconds while this gives her. So bang. So this is called the Ooh. towers of Hanoi. Is actually what it's called. It's a mathematical problem originally, but it's how do you get all of these rings onto another stick without mm. uh, putting any larger ones on top of smaller ones? Old school Rubik's cube. And basically, yeah. But it but it really is more of a. Uh, I look. I've seen other versions of this where you have multiple stacks on more sticks, basically, and a lot. And it's an algorithmical problem on what it is you need to work on first, and where to move things, and what, how to create silos and as sean was talking about silo stacking this is what i was thinking of in my head was being able to shift and slide things and back and forth and stack one thing on top of another in order to move them uh more efficiently into what it is you're actually trying to get at is well to me to me what it represents is less about the and, and it's a perfect example buddy i'm, I'm not uh, suggesting that your thought or ideas is incorrect because it's freaking awesome but um when I look at that, what I think is um, everyone out there who has never thought about trending anything, trending a relationship or whatever, as you stare at that and start solving the puzzle, there's people who will spend more time solving that puzzle 
than they will spend solving their own puzzle. Mm. That's a great point. That is a great point. So then let's move uh, into the next section that I want to talk about, which is executing. <laughs> once you actually <laughs> solve, once you start the trend, once you realize that, hey, I'm the problem, <laughs> right? Or um, X is we the problem. Always, but or... We're always the problem, though. <laughs> In, that, that... This, we're always the one that creates the problem. Oh, hang on a sec. Because yeah. there's no? yin and yang. Okay. Explain that. Sir, yeah, anyone have any guesses on the yin and yang of it? <laughs> okay, yin and yang of what are we talking about now? Are we being specific as to... Your sentence the... that you just kicked out. Uh, where okay. we're always the problem. Okay, so let's think. Um, okay, from my experience... I mean, you said it, not me. Yeah, no, no, I'll speak from my... <laughs> yeah, let's go down that road. Um, so I'm the one who said it. Okay, so... Um, what do I mean by that? So usually for me, I've always been the squeaky wheel in any relationship most of the time, right? So um, I like to, and I can usually identify what are no, not usually. I have more control over what I can do or what I can assess on my own self than anybody else. So if I can, um, if there's an issue being presented in a relationship, then I can control the outcome of that based upon my understanding of it. So I have to understand it better independently of the other person. That makes sense. I would say this, taking that simple comment of, well, we're always the problem, but we're always the solution. Mm. Yeah. I, I kind of answered it the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Not very, think, not very think about it. Would you like to add more? Cause that's what we do. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so on top of that, to add to it, I think, okay. Um, so if we're able to identify the issue, let's say, for example, it's me. <laughs> now I can create a solution because I understand who I am and how I function and how I need to move forward. So yes, I may be the problem, but I can also provide the solution for that problem because of the yin and yang. Yes? Now I'd like to, now I'd like to add more. And, cool. And Hopefully this doesn't crack any brains. We're all going to need a nap after this. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, we, you better carb up. You better carb stack because it's about to happen. <laughs> so, um, you know, <clears throat> to Satch's point, we are, we are the problem. And then my comment is, but we're also the solution. And I, this is where words matter when I explain this next little part. As Satch... Men mentioned and how most people think in fact nearly everyone thinks is i'm the problem once i understand the problem i can create the solution what i'm suggesting is yin and yang do not operate mutually exclusive to each other they do not operate independent they are in a constant state of interoperation mm, okay. and so while we are the problem simultaneously we are also the solution we don't need to be the problem to then recognize we're the problem to then create a solution so it's not a one plus two equals three it is a one that's it that's all they operate constantly together 
problem, solution, problem, solution. The only time that they separate is when we think to ourselves, oh, there's a problem and I got to figure out this problem and then I got to create a solution. But if you realize that in the real time and you consider that in the now, right now, this very split second, in real time, we are constantly yin and yang. We are constantly problem solution interoperating mm. in real time. And so once you understand that, like if you think about it a bit deeper, we are, we in real time get to choose one or zero. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so if you keep that in mind, then you can understand that any problems that you face, you've already got the solution. You don't have to think, oh, there's a problem and I've got to figure this out. And no, you're the, you're the solution, man. We're always the solution. And it can be a solution in real time, not a, not a problem solution, problem solution. Yeah. They exist you, together as a yin and yang. This is the same, or at least I think I, I'm, I'm catching this, is the sim similar idea behind Schrodinger's cat, right? Which is the fact that things can be in two states at the same time uh, until they're defined or... Until they're observed. Observed, yeah. Um, so you're absolutely right. As you were talking about it, I was thinking that, you know, when I have, let's say, actually this morning, my one of my sons decided to have a meltdown. And in that meltdown... I had the opportunity to freak out and stop being a baby and, you know, like do all the, the stuff, the, the, the adding to the problem before recognizing a problem. But also in that moment, I had the ability to go, okay, let's all take a breath. Let's all stop and think about what's going on. So I can, I am all, I am part of the problem and I am part of the solution, especially when you're talking about relationships with other people, because it's not all you because there's a there's a give and take right in in another yeah. relationship there is yeah it it it, it is all you it's that's all the me. point okay. no no it's I, all I, you I, it's all you i mean who who else exists but you i mean no. yeah we do you know blah 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 whatever but i mean if you consider <clears throat> it if if i walk away from this microphone right now you're all gone True. so it's all me in a sense you know the the brains that I've got in front of my nose that are right next to my nose, the two eyeballs, as they look at you guys, if I decide to look that way, you don't exist. Mm. So in real time, you can like, it's your universe, baby. You run it how you want. I, I had, I heard this amazing example from this guy once and it made a lot of sense to me. Um, you're playing a video game. And you're the person controlling the video game. You have the controller. You can do move everything however you want to. So we get to dictate and decide each, every moment, how we're going to function, how we're going to move, how we're going to decide, mm -hmm. um, and how we want to function throughout our lives in a video game. Same, same yeah. sort of concept. Yes, but in a video game, you have a, you have a limited world. And you have a you have a set number of NPCs, and you have characters that you interact with, and you have the which are on scripts and all these other things. And what I'm yeah, thinking but depending is, on the depending on the game, there, it's there, there's, yeah, yeah okay. we don't you have to go to too game, far yeah, down but, the video nerdery boys. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. We'll bring if you want to get super nerds, you know, like we're yeah. all in the simulation, yeah. so, so whatever. But, the, uh, but the, the concept, the concept is what I was trying to illustrate in terms of the example how. Um, we control the moment. So if I yeah. decide, man, my life sucks right now, I can just 
fucking or sorry <laughs> spawn again and come and do it over and better essentially <clears throat> yeah and well so what i'm what i'm saying though is that yes both of you guys are correct in the fact that there's uh you know it it's up to me to do whatever it is i'm doing 100 percent. it is up to me in life though as you know as sean puts out is that if he turns away and uh we all now disappear we're gone we're no longer in his world that's true he is also not in my world correct and etc 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 but if I'm interacting with him in this moment, we are both in this world and we are both Correct. interacting with each other. And therefore in this interaction, it is dependent on how we both react to one another to determine Correct. how we actually develop that relationship. But that's to be done. Well, like if you want to be a good video player, uh, you want to be the boss of the video game. You've got to learn how to do it. Well, Mm-hmm. period sure. i yep. mean day day one video game player you ain't doing it well <laughs> many days later video game player you're doing it better if you're trying to be the boss man in your own video game i think that's the term boss man isn't that what video nerds uses the boss man <laughs> i don't, I don't think i've heard that in many years but sure <laughs> let's go with it sounds good I, wh- whoever the best video game player is in the world whatever that title is yeah. if you're trying to be that which you should be in your own little video game. Mm-hmm. You should be heading towards boss man level. Well, if you're playing it well and, and, and you're playing with someone else who plays it well, that's freaking awesome, man. Cause now you can interact in the real time playing an awesome simulation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's different if it's a day one noob who's in the simulation or the game or life or whatever you want to call it. Um, if they're on day zero, you can't interact with them in the real time. They're just, they're still trying to figure out what just happened when they press start game. So, um, you know, if you, if you were evolved in the game, if you're evolved in the process of trying to, we're we're talking about prioritizing and executing, um, man, it takes a few days of playing the video game to get good at the game. And so the better you get at it, the more you understand the game, the more you run the game, the more you are the game. And, and now it's just a matter of trying to interact in real time to shape the game in a way that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I'm, I'm having a little bit of difficulty. I don't know difficulty, but maybe some challenges. Finding the balance, <clears throat> doing what I'm trying to do, and then try to still have balance in the rest of my life. So it's I like, believe Chance Burles and I did a live chat about that not too long ago. Maybe. Oh, wow. What episode was that, Chance? Uh, I will look it up. You guys talk it. I'll find out. <laughs> so the, the reason why I'm, I'm, and I'll just throw it out, the reason why I'm kind of having challenges is because I'm so obsessed. Like I'm so uh, driven and so um, consumed and passionate and all the things that are associated with what I'm trying to do. It's like at the forefront of everything. So um the balance isn't quite there. And then here's the other angle of it. I'm okay with that. I'm okay that I don't have any balance, but the people around me, not as much. So it's trying to find the balance so that the people around me are okay with the balance. Not so much for me, for them, if that makes sense. I don't know if I made, if I made sense. That (laughs) makes sense. We we actually, we were talking about this um, with Julia on the 18th. Mm. We were talking about, um, 
you know, if you want to be the tip of the spear, the pinnacle of whatever it is that you're in, it's going to cost you. There's going to be sacrifice involved. And whether that is, you know, your relationships or your health or your whatever, right? Sleep. Sometimes, sometimes it's, sometimes you're sacrificing small things in the moment in order to achieve what it is you want to achieve. Sometimes you're sacrificing the large things over time in order to achieve what you want to achieve, but everything has a cost. And that's what we were, we were discussing is that, and unfortunately, a lot of times when you're obsessed, when you're really <clears throat> deep in, into something, when you dive in, it takes a lot of your, a lot of your, uh, your focus which doesn't leave a lot of room for anything. It also takes away your perspective. Mm. So if you so finely or granularly identify the outcome you want or the target path that you're going to execute the force vector, we'll call it. Mm. um, If, if that's the, if you refine that path too tightly, like a laser beam, we'll say, um, man, you're going to be dropping all kinds of balls. And, 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 and at the end of it all, you'll be juggling one ball, which is super boring, by the way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's way more fun is juggling several balls? Well, at least mm. that's what I'm told by jugglers. <laughs> well, yeah, so I'm kind of in, in that process a little bit, right? So I'm juggling a bunch of different things. I'm just trying to find better ways to do it um, because I can recognize that I'm so singularly focused that it can be somewhat um, for other people, not as pleasant to be around. (laughs) And so let me throw a challenging question at you. Um, You know, you're, you're, what you're doing, you're trying to do for everyone else, but you're not doing everyone else well right now. Interesting. You got everyone stumped. <laughs> you no, did no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not stumped. I'm, <laughs> I'm, thinking, just I'm thinking. I know. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking I'm about it waiting. in the moment. That's, I'm not yeah. stumping anyone. I'm just doing out of comment. I love and the so look I'm, at the story. Everybody's face went like, "Oh, no." But <laughs> not, can, so, Sean, can you repeat that again, please? The statement. Yes, you are focused on working hard on behalf of everyone else but you're not working very well with everyone else. Yeah. So I think, um, no, there's truth to that for sure. And I think, yeah, no, there's truth to that. I can't really say much else to that. Yeah. And and it's not an indictment, I believe is the word. Uh, Mm. What it is, is an observation. And so it, it should not, it shouldn't make you pause to think about, how to recalibrate or whatever the case is. It's just a simple framing of mm-hmm. if you know, you want to get better at helping everyone, you've got to start working with everyone. And and that and that doesn't mean working with me or working with whoever. It what it means is working with the people who are immediately in the concentric circle all around you, whether that's a girlfriend or the neighbor or the guy who it doesn't matter to me who it is. Mm-hmm. But if if you're not doing that concentric circle well then how can you do it well in the future so you've in in this concentric circle a family or or a friend circle or whatever it is learn to do those things while simultaneously pursuing your future like a laser beam 
because as a laser beam, man, you, you're not going to, you, it's almost so refined that you forget how to work with people. And I'm not suggesting that that's you, Satch. What I'm saying is singularly focused can't go on forever. It, it, right. it, it can be in spurts. It can be in longer timelines, but there has to mm. be reconnection with the everyoneness of our world around us. Mm. Yeah, no, I think, um, I'm sorry. I don't want to keep taking space good, here, man. but we got time. Um, no, I think that's actually, that's a valid point, I think. And I think I was so singular focused before, like a, maybe let's say two years ago, where it was at the detriment of everything else. So, so, you know, kind of doing a thing. And now I'm trying to balance things a lot more because it seems to be more fruitful for not only for myself, but again, for everyone around me, if I'm able to, um, you know, do the relationship piece or engaging with other people more from a perspective of um, not as obsessed with what I'm doing. If that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. And this is actually goes into something I heard a little while ago. I think I was listening to the one of the Jocko podcasts. I can't remember what I think it was the debrief. Anyway, uh, they were talking about people who are like, uh, I'm just I'm honest, 100 percent honest all the time. This is who I am. Right. If you don't like it, deal with it. And it's it's that singularity, the the, the pure focus of this is it. I am not changing. I am not moving. I am not adjusting in any manner that I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking exactly. There's only one way forward instead of there's many ways forward and forward. uh, You know, Sean and I were talking about this a while ago was that sometimes in order to go forward, you got to go off on an angle, but you're still technically moving forward. Sometimes you got to take two steps back to come around and then come back forward again. But then the question is, how do you know if those two steps back and then step forward is the right direction to go? Um, when all you've known has been successful over a period of time. So it's that, that risk that you're taking. So how do you know you're shooting the bearing in the right direction? Wisdom, time. experience, <laughs> yeah. deep contemplation, making a boatload of mistakes, yep. but trending out those mistakes to understand how to do a better outcome. I mean, mm. no one in high school has it figured out. Yeah. Why? Because they're in freaking high school. <laughs> and and, and 30 year old CEOs don't have it figured out. Why? Yeah. Because they're only 30 years old. And yeah. so it, I know a lot of people that from an external perspective look like they're squared away at 28, but they're not. They're just not. They haven't been in the gate, they don't have enough mad hours. They may be awesome human beings. They may be the most awesome 28-year-old in the world, but they're not as awesome as they're going to be when they're 50. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, and, and I've heard this from friends over the years that are getting to that plus of 50 point where they're all saying the same thing. Man, I just feel wiser. I just feel like I can make sense of things more now. I just feel like all of my mistakes and all of my thoughts and all of this, that, the other thing helps me better understand the actual world around me. And, and it takes like some humility and it takes some 
contemplation and it takes it takes being surrounded by people who are wiser than you are and and I, i'm talking about myself right now the more wisdom i can surround myself with the wiser i am mm-hmm. but when i was 20 i wasn't seeking wisdom i was seeking another ass to kick and yeah, and so yeah. that's not unusual man i mean it's not mm-hmm. unusual to get focused on kicking that ass but eventually there's no more ass to kick or not as much and that's the time you should be sitting back and thinking about where where can i go get me some wisdom i had uh i had this great uh quote my or not really a quote my story from my uh professor at jujitsu and he was talking about his professor who was at the time he got to roll with uh, one of the grandmasters that I can't remember who the names of them uh, at the moment. Cause I'm not great with names, but um, basically uh, his professor had just finished being a world champion, right? He's maybe two, three years off the world championship. This guy is still in excellent shape. He's a fighter. He's been, you know, kicking butt for quite some time. The, the high, the higher master, the grandmaster is much older not as it's physically fit, but has many more years of jujitsu. And when they start rolling, everything just stops because one person, the champion is trying to fight and fight and fight. And the other person is not trying to fight at all. They're just trying to hold him down. Just lock him down. Not, not, not enable him to move because the wisdom in that situation is if you try and stand toe to toe against this person, He's faster, stronger, more technically savvy in the moment, in the fight, with the transitions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or you wear them out. Take the time. Use the wisdom of age and experience and uh, depth of skill rather than trying to overpower him versus if that makes sense. I think we're talking about the same thing. but Yeah, what I took away from that is, you know, a young man will always try to power through the problem. Yeah. where a wise man will observe the problem and find the most effective and efficient way yes. to manage the problem. That's exactly it. Um, and we have a, a great question here from Winterstorm. Can we prioritize ourselves and other others as well at the same time? Or is it yin-yang, yin and yang? Yeah, I think, uh, Sean, you were talking about this just a second ago, was that like it's it's a flow state right versus a yin or a yang it is a kind of continual flow of things is that correct i for me i prioritize me i prioritize my mental health my emotional health and my physical health those are the things that i prioritize and if i'm doing them at maximum efficiency and effectiveness it ripple affects everything around me the surrounding elements, my family, my friends, the interwebs, Winterstorm 427. If, if I do my best to be my best, then I'm best for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I, by, prior, by prioritizing me, I'm prioritizing others simultaneously. It's just that I don't, I don't get it wrong. And by that, I mean, and this is pedantic, I know, but I don't prioritize on them because then I'm not prioritizing me and I won't get the same outcome for them. 
So I prioritize on my mental, emotional, and <clears throat> physical best version of me. And that creates the, it creates the best for everyone around me. So I prioritize on me, which allows me to prioritize everyone else as a secondary sort of outcome. It's not, I've tried it the other way. I, I've tried to focus on everyone else around me in absence of focusing on myself. And it just mm. doesn't work for me because I'm so freaking relentless. If I, if I target lock on making the internet better, I'll lose sight of myself. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be no good at what I do. So I have to, it, my crosshairs are on me. And as soon as those crosshairs are locked, everything gets better for everyone else around me. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I, I have the, I have a great example of this is that when I, when I worked the Canadian walk for veterans, when I was doing like the local walks and the, the national walks, I would target lock on it. I would a hundred, like my focus every day leading up to the walks was on the walks. What that led to was that after every year afterwards, I was exhausted and I would like my, in my mental state, my physical state, everything would crash and I'd be down for a week, maybe two. Sometimes it, it would dive me into uh, a depressive episode and I'd be out for a while because I wasn't actually working. I wasn't focusing on anything of mine. I was, everything was external. I was trying to make sure that my kids were taken care of. My wife was taken care of. It's time to make sure the walk was taken care of. I was trying to do this and this and this and this and this and this, which led me to a position of being uh, drained because I wasn't filling my cup back up. There was nothing that was keeping me going. Not unusual. Yep. It happens pretty, pretty often, unfortunately, for most people. Um, but I think you're absolutely right in the fact that when I did realize that I have to take care of myself throughout the, the, throughout the whole thing, um, then I was better for it and I did better. I was able to organize better. I was able to manage better. I was able to keep, uh, all my priorities straight. I was able to keep going and be good at what so, I did. <clears throat> I had a question for you, Chance. Yeah. <clears throat> What's it look like to take care of yourself better? What does that mean? Uh, well, for me, it is making sure that I have the, the, I, I take the time to do things that, refill my my cup for back lack of a better term um and I, I for anybody that doesn't know what i'm talking about um i think we all have a we have a limited amount of resources every day in that you can only take on so much before your body will exhaust them all and if you don't have anything that refills those resources such as for me jujitsu is one of them hanging out with my kids being able to be in the moment with my boys and my family uh, in order to refill that those stores then I'm just burning into the next day stores and I'm burning into the next day stores and I'm burning into the next day stores so uh, the big one for me is physically taking the time not constantly not sitting on the couch with my kids watching tv while i'm running a program in the back of my head like okay i need to get this done i need to send out this email i need to do these things da, 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 da. actively shutting that off so does doing the kids. walk for veterans does that fill your cup or not it, 
part of it does, but the 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 big majority of of it is um, it's it um, it's computing like processing. My brain is continually processing it because I have you know you're spinning a whole bunch of plates at once, and when you're organizing large events like that, mm-hmm. and the enjoyment I get out of it is from the walk itself, like actually being there and walking with people and talking with people and getting to interact. That's what fills my cup for that moment. Mm-hmm. But that's one day, you know, for six, seven, eight, nine months worth of work. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't quite equal out, <laughs> but the, uh, the reward is all. fantastic. The, yeah. I don't exactly, know. Cause it, it, it wore me down Not to where I could, there's no, uh, there's no balance there at all. No. No, no balance, which is but, why I'm, I'm balancing but, it. Back. But I can I can explain a way that uh, I can I can give an example that is a good way to kind of do these sort of things. And I'm going to use an example from yesterday, Chance. In fact, I don't remember what the question was because uh, you know I don't track these things. But you'd ask me a question, and the question was a question for yourself. It wasn't from you know, uh, a comment from someone out there on the interwebs. It wasn't a, a question that was stacked in the question bank. You were asking a question specific for yourself because you wanted to improve something for yourself while we were on the live podcast. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't remember what the question was, but what that's that's gaming the game. I mean, mm-hmm. I look forward to these live chats. You Chance, you look forward to these live chats. We look forward to these live chats. It's good for everyone. It's good for us independently. It's good for the, it's good for the team, etc. But in order to look forward to these kind of things, eventually, it, it can start fading off on the opposite end of the bell curve. Like it's now July, and we're 150 live chats into it, and and now it's the honeymoon phase is over. We've talked about a bunch of things. All the question banks burned down. Everyone stops interacting because they've asked all their questions. And then it's just chance, you and I. And now now what? Now it's homework. Now it's drudgery. Now it's a death march. And, and it doesn't have to be that way because you can gamify the game, which is what you did yesterday. You asked a question because you're interested within the game of finding a new way to play the game. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't matter again mm. what the question was or, I, or what the outcome was. It's just finding a way to play the game in a gameful way. Mm-hmm. Glad you got a point. Yeah, I got a question for you guys. Actually, I was kind of like, I love listening to you guys talk, man. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think I, I think I need to push you guys on my calm app. And it's my it's my smooth soothing voice, guys. right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Hundred percent. I've never, I've never heard anyone say that about my voice. Okay, it's true, You're man. Welcome, I do. Bro. I dig it. I dig it. And man, so when you guys have, I think I can refer back to what Sean was saying about his mental health and uh, prioritizing your your mental health, you your your family and all that type of stuff. And chance, same thing for you, and same thing with Satch. When you guys have these categories, do you view them as categories or do you view them as tasks? Mm. I, I view them as, as as very, very, very general categories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But within each category, there's one kajabillion things yes. that I can execute against. So that leads me to my second thought because I, I was kind of thinking that you guys would go there. And I 
from my perspective, it's I think you guys are able are successful with it is because within those categories you don't view them as a task, and then with, yeah. within that there's just a massive list because if you see three things versus say each category or each silo or whatever you want to call it had thirty things, now you're looking at three things versus ninety things, yeah, and then your mm-hmm. emotions get caught up in the holy moly. I thought this is a bigger mountain to climb. Yeah, now you're stuck in the white noise, man. And then it becomes not doable. Sorry. For some people, yeah. Perhaps. But let me just jump in if you you don't mind. I want to jump on of what What Sean was talking about. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) You got the big screen, buddy. Let's go. Oh. um, The the concept of gamifying something. Um, For me, I, I do that with a lot of things. So let's say, for example, you're talking about the 90 different priorities. Well, I gamify that. And now it's a game for me. Now I'm going to have fun through that process. It's not just me doing, oh, I'm running across Canada. Well, what else can we expand upon that? How much more reach can we get? So I'm adding things to it to make it more engaging, to make it more fun for me. So like for me, that's why I was asking you, Chance, like um, doesn't it fill your cup when you're doing the Walk for Veterans? For me, all the stuff that I'm doing, it feels like to me that I'm filling my cup all the time with this kind of stuff because I'm engaging with people all the time. I'm raising awareness, but these are all things that I enjoy. I, I try to, I'm trying to build something even bigger with Magnum. I have a meeting with them in a couple of weeks. Like what can I get there? Like all the things I'm adding to it mm-hmm. to gamify so I can have fun. Does that, I'm, hopefully that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the, uh, the key with, as Sean was saying, is that there, there's a point where the reason there's, there's always extra, there's always stuff that you have to do in order to, to gain the thing that you want right and eventually or i can't say eventually not all of those things are going to be super fun time awesome right like there's there's not uh not not? because some of them are aren't because like i i really so here's a here's an example i really enjoy podcasting i really enjoy these editing uh these live chats i enjoy the recorded chats i enjoy learning constantly one of the things that is a bit more challenging in that it is not as exciting or enjoyable is editing. Mm. Editing can be a bit of a slog. It can be, Mm -hmm. Mm. but in order for me to enjoy that portion of it, I have to gamify it. So actually Sean gave me this point a little while ago was the fact that Mm. I'm not, I'm no longer looking at it as a, I have this stack of work that I need to get done. I have to get through all of these podcasts, edit them and I have to get through all the blah, blah, blah. Now I look at it as a, this is another opportunity to learn. I get to go over, I get to go over uh, these, these interviews again. I get to see my reactions. I get to see their reactions. I get to pick up on things that I didn't pick up on last time. And it really just came back down to a mindset. Now, that doesn't make editing fun. <laughs> that doesn't change the fact that it, it can be time-consuming and labor-intensive. But if you can change the concept so that you're actually gaining from it, then, uh, then not. Can I, can I jump in on that, too? <laughs> yeah, man, good. Um, perhaps. Um, so, perhaps. <laughs> okay, so the reason... Okay, so no, um, that makes sense. So for me, I can relate to how irritating or not irritating, um, how much of a slog editing could be because I don't do it and I'm, I don't want to do it. 
Yeah. So, but having said that, it's got to happen with certain things that we do. But for me, what I would think is like, I hate editing and I don't want to gamify it. So how can I get someone to, how can I create enough to pay someone to do it? Now, how do I grow my podcast and get more money so that we can create more and then I can just have someone do that and I can have more fun. That, that's kind of what my thought process would be. So yeah. how do I grow the thing even faster, even further, and then maybe get a sponsor and then I'll pay someone to do that. And, and that's how, for me, I, uh, I gamified the thing I don't want to do. Now, what about the meantime? Right? Like, what in about... So in the meantime, uh, not meantime, in parallel, I'm yeah. thinking about how to grow it, how to get more money, and then learning the thing at the same time and gamifying it there. But also at the same time, I'm thinking about how to get sponsors, how to get paid, how to get more money so I can hire someone eventually. Good question, Chance. <laughs> was my, how was the answer? <laughs> Not great. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> what are your, John, what are your thoughts on it then? <laughs> well, I think that, um, you know, in just sticking to the simple uh, example of editing. Yeah, you got to do it, period. And doesn't matter whether you like it or not, who cares? Yeah, it's got to be done. And, and you can never know if you're good at it or not until you cross the start line. And you can never know if it sucks until you know it sucks. And you can only know it sucks if you put about a year into it. And then you can decide it's not my thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's not something that you can casually observe academically and say, oh, that's not me. You just can't. The only way you can know that's not me is by blood, sweat, and tears. And so, um, you know, it, to, to gamify something, I don't, when I say gamify, I don't mean like turn, turn uh, a fun life into even more fun life. It's, I think that's being misconstrued. When I say gamify, it's, it's treating life like a game, not like it's happy, happy, joy, joy game. I'm talking, it's a game, baby. And, and it doesn't mean that it's, it's all roses and unicorns. It can be hard graft if that's the game you're playing. And, and it's not, unless you know the game that you're in and you enjoy the game that you're in, you're not going to wake up in the morning stoked. But you've got to understand your game that you're in and you've got to understand how you want to play it and you've got to understand how to play it better. It's not about little blips and blops popping off like little fireworks game. That's not how I think. But gamifying what I'm doing means that there's, a, it, it's not a single stream like any game. It's an infinite amount of options that are in front of me as I move my game lever, we'll call it. And I get to choose the velocity. I get to choose the three-dimensionality of my movements as a game, as the metaphoric example. But in the real world, in my real life, how I do it is just as I've been talking about since I've started talking, and it's this. If there's a problem that's come towards me, I'm going to face it head on and crush it. And I might not do it in a second. It might take me my entire life. But I'll face a problem and I'll crush it. Mm -hmm. And I'll gamify that crush. And it mm. won't be all fireworks, balloons, and, and unicorns. It'll be hard graft but I'll figure out how to gamify that crush. And, and, and I hope that makes it clear on what I define as gamifying versus 
you just want another video every second, every second, every second, every second. That's just not how I think. It's mm, a great point. So, so just so I can understand what you're saying, <clears throat> you're saying gamify in a sense of like uh, you've created a pattern of behavior and you're understanding that in this game, it's not always fun, but I have to do certain things to execute against certain other tasks. So you have your monotonous thing that you have to do, but it's part of the process to achieve whatever you need to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, I think like, let's talk about a simple game like Pac-Man, you know, sure. you, you've got to go bit, bop, bip, and you've got to do those things. And as you're doing those things, you're in a maze and the maze that you've got to move through to go do that bit, bop, bit thing that, that maze is work. And if on day one, just going through that maze is exciting because you've never been in the maze before of Pac-Man and you're learning and it's fun. But now you're a thousand games into it and you just want to get to the bit bop bip. And all of a sudden the maze is super boring. In fact, it's drudgery because you've done it a thousand times. You just want to bypass the maze and get right to the bit bop bip. But the, the journey, the real part of the game is, is, is the maze. Not the bit bop bit. The reward is nonsense. Chasing some sort of digital prize that doesn't exist. The actual the prize is the journey. Moving through that maze. And as you're moving through the maze of that that Pac-Man game, you get to decide.